Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, it is September 11th. This is the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. This is We are entering week two of the 2018 NFL season. What a week one. It was a lot to discuss for fantasy football, uh, impact uh, for fantasy players, uh, lots of key injuries. We're going to get right to that in a moment after I introduce my co-host for the show, Chris Rita, my good friend and very experienced fantasy player. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, very well. Better than my fantasy teams. I had a kind of a rough first week. Uh, I know you did as well, but uh, I think we'll rebound and uh, still enjoy the game, even though, like I said, this week I took more L's than W's. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, I'm right with you there. We got pounded by the likes of Mike Thomas and James Conner and those types of guys, but uh, uh, lost a couple of really close uh, games. Fortunately, in the FFPC, my main event, my two uh, teams in the main event went one and one, so I'm uh, happy that I didn't go into there. Uh, of course, there's some issues because uh, myself and I'm sure you have some of these guys, uh, major injuries, especially at the tight end position. Uh, two of my favorite tight ends. Uh, let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, we're going to just start right at the tight ends here. Delaney Walker, dislocated ankle, fractured foot, uh, whatnot. I mean, everything. It's just it's it's terrible. He's gone for the year. Uh, looks like Jonu Smith's going to be the next man up, although they do have Luke Stocker there too. And their quarterback's injured, Mariota, with an elbow injury. They've been very mum on whether he's going to be able to play this week. And, of course, in Carolina, you've got uh, Greg Olson with the foot. He injured the same foot that he broke last year. Uh, there's reports out there saying all of a sudden that he might be gone for the season, and they scale it back. They're going to keep him off of IR, a month-to-month type deal. And then Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN said that he got texted that he's going to try and play on it in two weeks. Well, let's take this first by uh, for, for one by one. Uh, the first one, let's go with uh, Delaney Walker on this one because we know he's gone for the year. So Jonu Smith's out there. Um, they got Luke Stocker on the team. Uh, what's the fantasy impact here uh, for Tennessee? Well, for Tennessee as a team, I think the real big fantasy impact, again, assuming Mariota is, is healthy and back in the lineup, is that I think this uh, really boosts Deion Lewis's stock. And maybe we're going to talk a little bit more about him later, but I think Deion yes. Lewis's stock as a receiver goes through the roof. All those routes that Delaney Walker was doing, I think, are more than likely going to fall to him, maybe some to Rashard Matthews uh, as well. So I think that's going to be the impact on the remaining of the team. I think John U. Smith is going to slip right in, and he's going to have his moments. Um, he's been compared to Delaney Walker since he came out of college, and he's been kind of biding his time. Well, it's going to be his chance to shine. The question is, is he going to have the uh, – the, the timing and the, and the synchronization with Mariota that Delaney Walker seemed to have. That's going to be the big thing for now. And, again, I think the bigger issue is is how effective is Mariota going to be with that throwing arm uh, kind of a little wimpy right now. 
you know, the backup's Blaine Gabbert there, and he's never really been a uh, a good fantasy fantasy producer or player, uh, or even an NFL quarterback there. But uh, you know, at least he does have some experience there. But uh, you also got Luke Stocker there. It's kind of a big mess there. Let's shift gears and go over to uh, to Carolina. Uh, Greg Olson, if you've got him on your team and you have an IR, you put him on the IR, obviously. But if you don't have an IR, do you hold on to him? Do you do you, do you drop him and is the punt? Because the the whole thing happened here just like this last year when he broke his foot. A lot of people held on to him. I held on to him, and I had him for months on my uh, my roster, taking up a roster spot. And he comes back, he had one good game, and then he was injured again and was gone. And, you know, it's kind of a frustrating situation. I had a lot of guys, uh, a lot of subscribers come to me. I gave them my opinion, but I wanted to hear yours. What do you do with uh, Greg Olson if you own him? Well, I, last year when I was in that situation, I dropped him and kind of watched the waiver wire for about eight weeks until I thought and tried to beat everyone to the punch and picked him up a week early. So I only carried him for a couple of weeks, but I still felt that same pain that you mentioned. And I think that's really what you have to do this time as well. If you don't have an IR slot, I think you drop him. You can't carry that dead roster spot. It's going to be at least a month, probably at least two months realistically. And uh, you just can't carry that kind of dead weight. If somebody else wants to carry him for two months, that, that's fine. I'm going to let somebody else waste that roster spot. There's enough uh, sleeper or surprising tight ends that are probably on your waiver wire they are going to be a, way more useful than, than a dead Greg Olson for a while. So I think that's what you do. Um, and maybe you keep an eye on him like I did last year and think about picking him back up if it looks like he's coming back. But I think that's going to be pretty risky. We saw how that worked out last year, like you just said. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I've been telling my uh, subscribers. That uh, you, Jared Cook's a good example of this. I mean, he had a fantastic game on, on Monday night. You can't expect that from him every 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 night, every game. But uh, he's got that potential. And uh, you know, why keep somebody on your roster that you know is not going to be playing for probably six, eight plus weeks? Uh, there's no way he can play on a, on a, a fractured foot after two weeks. I conferred with uh, uh, another good friend of mine, Dr. Gil Bavar, uh, that uh, works for the site. He's a doctor, and he's saying that's that's just a bunch of BS. <laughs> he can try to uh, play on a, on a on a fractured foot after two weeks. There's just it's just not happening. So yeah, if you got a, a, a Jared Cook out there, um, you know uh, somebody somebody like that, or or like a Ben Watson or something like that, uh, then you know I I would go ahead and wave uh, wave Olson no problem. And of course with the, with Delaney Walker, you do the same thing. I mean there's there's no question there. You get rid of them, uh, and you pick up uh, either uh, 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 Cook or maybe maybe uh, Jonu Smith. Or in Carolina, the backup that's start that's going to start now is Ian Thomas. So that's a, an even better option. Um, I just wanted to get your real quick thoughts on Will Disley, the rookie uh, fourth round pick that had a big splash game in uh, in Denver for for the Seahawks. Three catches, one of them was a 66 yarder, another one was a touchdown, but he only caught three of five targets, and by halftime, basically, he was done. Uh, do you think Will Disley is an option here, or uh, do you do you think he's a one week wonder? He's uh, both. I think he's an option that a lot of people are going to jump on. He's going to be hot on the waiver wire. I do think he's a one-week wonder. I am not drinking the Disley Kool-Aid. Um, he's going to have to show me a little bit more than one shot out of the box. We've seen guys do this for one week, especially in the opening week, especially when a team loses a player, so somebody else steps in unexpectedly. You know, Remember Doug Baldwin went down, yep. so all of a sudden they needed somebody to throw to. And uh, he happened to be the beneficiary of, of that one big play, and I am just not buying that Kool-Aid, not willing to risk I would almost rather keep Greg Olson than Will Disley. No, no, I wouldn't go that far. But, there you but I, I think that uh, it, it, that's a real stretch to think that you're going to get him. I would rather take a shot on a guy that I know is going to get targets. Like, you know, one of the guy you didn't mention earlier, Ricky Seals-Jones. There's a guy that you can pick up off the yep. waiver wire possibly 
and I think is going to give you way more likelihood of success than any uh, continuous, uh, consistent looks by Disley. That's right. Uh, speaking of Doug Baldwin, he's next on my list here. Uh, uh, he, of course, left with a knee injury. Fortunately, it wasn't to his uh, already degenerative uh, uh, knee. Uh, it was the other knee. Uh, I guess now he's got two bad knees, but at least it's it's not going to double down on the issue uh, on that one knee. Uh, he's got like a sprained MCL. Uh, anyway, uh, Pete Carroll says he's slightly out a week or two. Uh, he's going to come back in you know, a couple weeks whenever he can. Uh, what do you do in this case? You just, uh, I guess, you just sit him there and, uh, you know, uh, take the take the pain there. Obviously, you got to hold on to Doug Baldwin, but uh, it can't it can't be good for uh, fantasy owners that have him. You still got to boost your uh, wide receiver core, don't you, Chris? Yeah, you do. But I think you do have to hold him. I think he's unlike Olson. I think he's got a chance of actually coming back sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I mean, I got two bad knees too, but I scored exactly as many points as Doug Baldwin in last week. So he screwed a lot of teams up this week <laughs> with that with that injury. Um, the big thing is, you know, what's going to happen now? I, to, I'm not worried about Russell Wilson because he still put up great numbers even without Baldwin this last game. So he'll be fine. He'll spread it around. But who's going to be the beneficiary? You know, Brandon Marshall had really two touchdowns, one call back on a penalty. So I think he's the guy you want in scoring only leagues. He may be even the guy in PPRs. Tyler Lockett's got some great potential, and he's got some history with Wilson. You know, Jerron Brown is lurking on the bench, and he looked like he had a lot of potential when he played for Arizona. I'm not sure what to make here. It could be any or all of those guys, and likely two of those three guys are on your waiver wire. So you might be able to pick somebody up. And, and again, I think if up the waiver wire, you know, because Lockett's probably on a roster. On the waiver wire, Marshall, definitely the preferred option over Brown. Um, but I'm, I'm not – in the back of my mind, I keep wondering, is Brown maybe going to get a chance to slide into that slot so they can keep Marshall in, in the spot he is? I don't know. I'm, not, I'm really not sure what to make there. Yep. I uh, I think that Marshall's going to make more of an impact there, uh, so I, I would actually take him over Brown in this instance. But I, I think you're right in the fact that I think they got to get all three of them involved while, while Baldwin's, Baldwin's out and maybe throw to Mr. Disley every now and then, but I think they got him more for his blocking. Anyway, let's move on over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Fournette, of course, uh, pulled his hamstring. They said it was a minor hamstring injury, kind of listed as pseudo day-to-day. Uh, not sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, fantasy impact there, Chris, because you got T.J. Yeldon. He's going to start. But uh, if you've got Yeldon, what do you do? Do you start him? Do you hold him? If you don't own Fournette, do you trade him to the Fournette owner? What, what, what do you do with Yeldon? Well, you definitely don't. I mean, he's going to be a potential starter if Fournette is ever out. And if Fournette is definitely out, Yeldon has the potential to be a starter uh, against any opponent. I'm not real keen on his opponent this week, especially with the chance that Fournette might play in limited action. The one thing that I, I was very surprised by was that Yeldon didn't even get a sniff while Fournette was in the game. I think Yeldon only had one touch before Fournette went out, and then all of a sudden he, he got his, his stuff going there. So I, I'm concerned that he may not be the workhorse. He certainly won't be Leonard Fournette. That's a given. Um, he'll be a better receiver and maybe not as good of a runner. He'll be good. He'll be solid. He'll have RB2 potential. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that, except in the, the, the juiciest of matchups, that, that uh, T.J. Yeldon's going to be able to put up RB1 numbers. Okay, uh, moving on over to uh, San Francisco. Marquise Goodwin, uh, the new number one wide receiver there. A lot of people draft him as a two or a three. Uh, he injured his quad, looks like a deep uh, bo- uh, bo- uh, thigh bruise, a uh, soft tissue bruise there. Uh, they're listening to him his day-to-day. He was in and out of the game. While he was out, uh, rookie Dante Pettis uh, saw five targets, caught a couple of passes, including a touchdown. So if you got Goodwin, you, I guess, automatically pick up Pettis. Uh, what's, what's the impact there with, uh, with Goodwin, uh, Goodwin uh, in your opinion, Chris? 
I'm not sure you do pick up Pettis. He's, he's kind of struck me as a little bit like Disley. He kind of took advantage of the situation. Pettis definitely will move into Goodwin's spot in the lineup if Goodwin's out. There's no doubt about that. But if you look at the total targets, yeah, he had five targets, but you know, combine it with the one Goodwin had, that means that position only had six. Garcon had six. Trent Taylor had six. You know, Kittle had his nine, obviously. I think they're going to spread the ball around to the other guys. If that was Goodwin, he would have had more than five or six targets in that game. You know that with the, with the, the, the synchronization he's had with Garoppolo. So I don't think Pettis is going to just slide right in and be able to fulfill that role. He's going to be their only real deep threat. Garcon's not a deep threat anymore. Taylor's a, a, a slot guy. He'll be their only deep threat, but I don't really think he's going to give you Marquise Goodwin, you know, wide receiver two or three numbers that a lot of people might suspect if he slides into that spot. Yeah. While we're uh, while we're uh, doing the show here, uh, my uh, waivers are ran in uh, FF Webmasters Expert League that I'm in, in which I owned Olson, and I put in for uh, Thomas, uh, Ian Thomas, then Jonu Smith, and Will Disley, uh, and I did get, end up getting uh, Thomas. Uh, unfortunately, it's a 14-team league, so people are like, "Well, come you don't get Cook or or Ricky Seals." These guys were all drafted. So <laughs> when you're in a 14-team league, the pickings is real slim, and I got the guy that I wanted, Aaron, Ian Thomas, to replace. Uh, um, uh, 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 Greg Olson. I do also have Ben Watson, so I can start uh, him maybe this week probably and see what Ian Thomas does. But anyway, that's uh, just kind of some live updates there and what's going on. The last thing before we get to the shorter list of injury uh, players here, uh, Raiders uh, just re-signed Martavis Bryant. Apparently he's not yet suspended yet. Uh, they signed him a one-year deal. He's excited whatnot. Uh, you know, uh, it was interesting. They signed Brand LaFell last week, and he was inactive for the game. Jordy Nelson made a couple catches. Uh, Amari Cooper, oh, my gosh, three targets, one catch in the game on Monday night. John Gruden said, we've got to get Amari Cooper going. And then he said, what's easier said than done. Uh, that doesn't sound good. And then they got Martavis Bryant on the, on, on the roster now. So, Chris, real quick, is Martavis Bryant worth picking up? What do you think? I think so. I think he's worth the risk. I mean, he's got immense talent, obviously. He's got a you know, $500 talent and $0.05 brain from what everyone seems to think. But the, the bigger concern to me is that does this mean that they're not really happy with what Jordy Nelson's been giving them? I think more so than Cooper. Cooper's going to get his looks. He's going to stay in the lineup. Does this mean they were not happy with Nelson's ability to spread the field and take coverage away? Um, I also think that they were kind of covering themselves by not having him on the books till after week one so they didn't have to guarantee his veteran salary if he did start yep. to flake out and not perform. So I, I, I think this is a good move by the Raiders, and it, it's a good move for, for a team that needs a spark. And it's, it's, it's an interesting flyer. If you have room on your bench, I would go get Martavis Bryant because, you know, even when they signed Jordy Nelson, I really like Bryant more than Nelson coupled with Derek Carr uh, if all things being considered equal. So I think he's a good risk to have wide receiver six or seven at the end of your bench just in case. Okay. Well, we've taken the advice of some of the listeners out there, said less uh, injury the list of players because uh, it's only Tuesday. So let's go, go down the list real quick. Of course, the big one was Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. Uh, left the game, uh, had his knee falling on there by the big uh, alignment of the, of the Bears, uh, Colleen Mack and, and crew. Uh, he came back in the game. He wants to play this week. As they said it's undecided. It's way too early in the week. We'll see if he practices. I would be surprised if he practices until Friday, and then he might suit up with a breeze brace and whatnot and go. Uh, Carson Wentz 
defense, of course, is expected to miss another two weeks uh, in Philadelphia. Sonny Michel with the knee probably ended up practicing this week. He may debut, uh, but they might end up just you know easing him in there because they still got Rex Burkhead and, and James White there, although they did lose Jeremy Hill to a torn ACL. Um, they signed somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head right now today. But anyway, uh, wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey uh, with shoulder injury, of course, expected to miss two more weeks for, in, uh, for the Eagles. And Will Fuller hopes to play this week. He's got the hamstring in Houston. And, of course, Deshaun Watson's hoping that's the case. And Deshaun Jackson, the other Deshaun down in Tampa, coming off a big two-touchdown game. He got concussed in that game, so we'll be watching his status later in the week to see if he can play. Devontae Parker with a finger injury still couldn't play uh, in Miami. He could do it in debut. And Kenny Stills got the touchdowns this week. Uh, so we'll see if Parker plays. Vance McDonald with a foot injury. People were asking me about Jesse James. I love him and all. He had three catches, 60 yards last past week. I'm not sure if McDonald's what his status is because he didn't practice at all last week. He's been out. Uh, I would uh, I would guess that he's probably going to take at least a couple more weeks to to get into shape to get in you know in there. So Jesse James might be another option you can consider if you're if you're in a deep league there uh, at tight end. Uh, and then of course uh, Hunter. Uh, I'm sorry, Hayden Hurst the tight end in uh, Baltimore with a foot injury. He sat at practice on Monday, and it's very iffy to play this week, so I wouldn't count on him. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we want to encourage everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. And uh, if you put on quickbits.php on the end of that, you'll get our NFL uh, free NFL QuickBits uh, with all the latest news and such around the league each day, all the player movements and the IR movements and such like that. We're also uh, continuing to pump out free in-season Sky scanner reports, including a report on the Colts. In fact, we've already released uh, Chris's report, his review from week one. We're looking forward to week two's report there. Weekly fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury quick bets. All of our uh, injury bits have gone premium uh, with fantasy analysis to a lot of them. Uh, expanded picks to click and flick. The market features just released it, worked on it basically all throughout the entire day today. We ranked 28 wide receivers and 13 tight ends to consider if you own Olsen and Walker. Uh, of course, we mentioned a couple of them today. Uh, NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney and the ranking. Uh, come out on Wednesday, updated on Saturday with uh, late fantasy reaches for the week. Um, the uh, weekly newsletter is thirty-five ninety-five, uh, and of course uh, we are still offering a six-dollar premium newsletter discount code. It is Edge Six E D G E the number six. That's a seventeen percent discount. Six dollars off the newsletter brings it down to a twenty-nine ninety-five price if you want to try us out. And of course, follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week two. These are guys you want to consider getting into your starting lineup or getting back onto your bench out of your starting lineup, not necessarily off your roster. Who do you like at quarterback this week? Uh, a couple of guys, Chris and why? 
Uh, I'm going to start with Nick Foles. I mean, there's just too much offensive talent here surrounding him and basically too little talent on the Buccaneers' defense. I mean, kind of lost in their big win over the Saints last week is that they did allow the most passing yards in the NFL last week, just like they did all last year. So this is a bad pass defense. So I think Foles is going to rebound and regain some confidence this week. I'm pretty sure he saw what Kamara did, and he's going to use little Darren Sproles in that Kamara role and have a good day with him. Another guy I like, you know, I know I've been touting him all summer, is Tyrod Taylor. Last week he completed very few passes against a much tougher D in terrible passing conditions with the weather, and he finished sixth overall in quarterback scoring last week with all, despite all those big weeks. If the Saints can allow Fitzmagic to pass and run at will through them, Taylor is faster and has way better weapons. He could be in line for another solid game this week. Okay, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Phil Rivers, what's not to like? Uh, he came out with a 34-point performance against the Chiefs at home, and he gets Buffalo this week. Buffalo, oh, it's going to be a long season there. So that's a no-brainer start. Case Keenum showed me a lot. I uh, wasn't really impressed with him this uh, summer. I was concerned about a new system, new team, new players. Well, he put that aside. Three touchdowns against Seattle. I know that Seattle's not the legion of boom anymore, but still, that's impressive. Uh, all the guys are healthy there. Demarius Thomas, um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, even Jake, Jake Butt, the tight end, got involved there, and uh, Cortland Sutton, Sutton had a, a few nice catches there. Three touchdowns. He gets Oakland this week. Oakland. All right. No no Mac. Uh, not much pass uh, rush. Um, I think that uh, Keith, Case Keenum is going to have another good game there. A couple guys I don't like this week. Matt Ryan. Oh, my God. Poor red zone play plus stingy Panthers defense equal fantasy bench. That's the equation for this week. I don't know what's going on with them. Why aren't they teaching uh, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan to do the back shoulder fade in the end zone when they get around, but they're not. And more often than not, they're pulling Julio out of the game. Uh, and I'm just I'm just pulling my hair out if I was a Julio Jones owner. I know he, he still had uh, 25, 28 points, whatever, uh, in PPR in that game. But, I mean, he could have had 40 or 50. I mean, it was, it was, it was just – it's just pathetic. <laughs> I don't understand the coaches there. So, anyway, be careful with Matt Ryan this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come down to earth. Uh, he's playing the Eagles. Uh, they are not the Saints in terms of a secondary. So, I'll be very careful about starting Ryan Pat- Fitzpatrick this week. Give me a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris. I'm going to start with Russell Wilson. I mean, it's hard to believe the Bears are going to collapse in the second half again on national TV for the second straight week. And in any case, the Seahawks have far less weapons available with Doug Baldwin out than the Packers had. So I would suspect a run-heavy game plan to avoid Mack and Roquan Smith, and there's just going to be no need to drop back 40 times. So I I would temper your expectations, although he's likely still going to be a starter for you. Another guy is, is I'm going to mention is Andy Dalton. Let's not get too excited about the Bengals' offense just yet. Uh, they got some good skill players, yes. Yes, he was great in week one, but that was the Colts, and this is the Ravens on a short week. Dalton also has an atrocious history on Thursday night football and Monday night football. Let's Don't get cute here. Don't overanalyze. Just stay away from Andy Dalton this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I've got A.G. Green, and I'm praying for the best, but uh, I tell you, the, the Red Rifle doesn't say <laughs> struggles on primetime games, especially on Thursday night. Give me a couple of running backs you like and why. Uh, I will mention real quick, A.J. Green does have a great history despite Andy Dalton's struggles. So, anyway, I'm going to start with the running back here. First one is going to be Adrian Peterson. Veteran looked like a man on a mission, and he gets to follow up his strong week one with a home game against a very beatable Colts run defense. I don't think he's going to get the kind of workload to allow him to total that many yards again like he did last week, but a touchdown is fairly certain, and a strong yardage day is still going to be be on the books. Another guy, a little sneakier play would be Alfred Morris. <clears throat> the Lions have a short week, and they've got to cross the country after getting embarrassed at home on Monday night. They were exposed as vulnerable to power between the tackles running. 
So I look for Morris to have a solid day and to be much more of a factor than Bryda, even with the split in snaps. He's an RB2 with touchdown upside, in my opinion. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. What's not to like with James Conner after that performance? Le'Veon Bell may be thinking, hmm, maybe I need to show up. I don't know. Well, uh, it doesn't look like he's showing up because he hasn't shown up yet, and there's no really no incentive for him to show up right now other than $855,000, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. James Conner, a uh, big game last week. I think you're going to stick with him this week. J.H.I. Philadelphia, um, uh, he, uh, as the game went on against the Falcons, they were using him more and more. They said that was the game plan. Doug Peterson said he was banged up coming into the game, saw three touches in the first half, and then he saw most of his touches, of course, in the second half, two touchdowns later. They're playing the Bucks this week, so I think a J.A. scores this week, so don't uh, hesitate to put him in your lineup. I'm certainly doing that because I got him in one of the FFPC main events, and he's going in my lineup. Uh, well, uh, guys, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this week. Joe Mixon, Cincinnati, I'll just temper your expectations because it is the Ravens. Uh, and, of course, you're going to probably start him just like you start A.J. Green. And um, it's good to hear that uh, that he has such a good history against the Ravens because I would hope that uh, that he would. <laughs> He's so talented and all. Uh, but with Mixon, I temper my expectations. And uh, Jamal Williams, Green Bay, the Vikings don't allow much. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be mostly throwing from Aaron Rodgers out of the shotgun or the, the – the, um, and pistol formation there. So, uh, you know, I would be very careful about starting um, Jamal Williams this week. Um, give me a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris. Uh, I'm a little cautious on Devonta Freeman this week. The knee injury he suffered late in week one could be a factor limiting his touches, but the Panthers' D is a much bigger concern as they're pretty stout. Here's a really odd history here as Freeman always struggles in the first matchup with Carolina each season, averaging only 10 carries for 43 yards plus a couple of short catches in four career matchups. He struggled in the second game each year also, but he's way worse in the first game each year. So with the history and the little injury in the defense, I'm staying away from Devonta Freeman if you can avoid it this week. Um, another guy that I think a lot of people are talking about being in line for a bigger role is Carrion Johnson. Uh, he's in line for, again, that bigger role with Blount's injury, so it might be tempting. But the Lions averaged the lowest yards per carry in week one, and San Francisco allowed the second lowest yards per carry in week one. So I think it's also likely a bigger passing game as well. Frisco's got a weaker secondary, and they need to boost Stedford's confidence a little bit. So I think Riddick and the wide receivers get way more touches, and Carryon Johnson will not be as positive as a lot of people might expect. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers? Who you like and why? Uh, you mentioned him earlier, uh, coming off an injury, but I kind of like Will Fuller this week. It's uh, the Titans are definitely beatable deep, and no one stretches the field like Fuller and Watson. Bit of a caution, like I said, he didn't play in week one with a hammy injury, but he was a game-time decision, suggesting he was close to playing. If he's in there, I bet he gets deep and scores. He also sat out three games last year and then scored twice against him in week four in his first game against Tennessee. And as a rookie, he scored against him in his first game there also. So he, he, he seems to like the Titans. And this one is a bit of a hunch. I kind of got a hunch on Sammy Watkins this week. I can see the Steelers rotating a lot of attention to Tariq Hill this week and Watkins getting a lot of single coverage. The Chiefs targeted Watkins on their first play of the year this year, and I think they'd like to use him more and open things up. Just a sneaky suspicion he scores this week and has a solid wide receiver three number kind of day. For what it's worth, he was four for 54 yards and a touchdown his only other career game against Pittsburgh. Just a hunch. Wow. That's a lot of, a lot of good is the research. Uh, anyway, a couple of uh, wide receivers I like this week. John Brown, uh, first game as the Ravens, scored last week uh, heavily in the mix, especially in the red zone there. I like the matchup against the Bengals, so if you got him, don't be afraid to start him there. And, of course, it's an almost an automatic here with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, the way Keith Keenum started the season with them. They're uh, 
In fact, I could see them both scoring like they did this past week against the Raiders this week. A couple of wide receivers I'm not crazy about this week. Uh, Rashawn Matthews, where were you? Well, he played a lot of snaps. Did not get a target on Sunday for Tennessee. And now Marcus Mariota is unsure to play. Well, I don't know what his role is there. He may get some more uh, looks or actually some looks with uh, Walker out, but we're not certain about that. Uh, they extended him, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's guaranteed. So we'll see what ha- goes on with Rashard Matthews. I'd sit him until he does something. And Kelvin Benjamin, what, one one catch this past week? Uh, who's the quarterback? Nathan Peterman? Josh Allen? I don't know. Uh, golly, I thought maybe LaShawn McCoy was a guy to at least start in this team, but I don't think there's anyone I would start. So I sit Kelvin Benjamin in until at least he does something. Anyway, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? <laughs> I'm going back to that Thursday night game. John Ross is what I'm worried about. Like I said, Dalton has a terrible history against the Ravens and on Thursday night football, but A.J. Green has a great stat history, so that means the rest of the Bengals go in the crapper in this matchup. And Ross is still primarily a one-trick pony uh, with boomer bust potential. I'd bet this week is a bust. You know, last week, despite playing from way ahead, the Ravens only allowed seven catches to wide receivers all week, so they're, they're going to shut them down. That's a good secondary. And another guy, it's probably a starter for you, is Brandon Cooks. Uh, the Cardinals struggled in the opener, but they still have Patrick Peterson as a shutdown corner and a solid secondary. And since Peterson ran through them at will last week, I suspect that especially on a somewhat short week, Todd Gurley is going to be the man in this offense, and throws will primarily target the secondary wide receivers in the short space rather than Cooks downfield. Okay, a couple of tight ends. Who do you like and why? Uh, well, hard not to like Jared Cook. When you combine the Raiders' usage of him in the opener with the Broncos' historical and week one ability to – Inability to cover the tight end. This looks like a juicy matchup. I'm sure he's a hot waiver wire pickup this week, and he's a top streaming option as well. And then I mentioned him earlier, Ricky Seals-Jones. He's a younger and faster version of Jared Cook who just ran around and threw the Rams' defense. So since Arizona has wide, no wide receivers, he should get plenty of targets this week in catch-up mode. I, I do question his red zone potential at the present time, so he's a better play in PPR than in scoring heavy or standard systems. Okay, a couple tight ends I like this week. Zach Ertz, I think he's going to rebound this week with a score. And Jordan Reed, of course, scored coming off another score there. He's playing the Colts. I think he's going to score in this one, so I like him as long as he stays healthy. You start him. A couple of guys not crazy about ASJ, Jacksonville, not against the Patriots. The Patriots did not allow Ryan Griffin of Houston to catch any of his five targets there. So I'd be very worried about that, and ASJ didn't do much in week one. And, of course, Ryan Griffin, that's the guy that didn't catch any passes last week. Well, he's going to probably see some more targets, maybe catch a couple of passes here, but he's still not connecting that much with uh, or at all with Watson. And if Will Fuller returns, then he's going to see less tar- tar- targets than that. Okay, give me a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris. Start with Charles Clay. He's a flick off your roster as far as I'm concerned. Without Terod Taylor there, he's likely to continue to disappear and disappoint. If the Chargers can hold Travis Kelsey to one catch for six yards, what are they going to do to an old tight end without a real quarterback? It's going to be ugly. And the guy I'm a little worried about is Kyle Rudolph. The Packers really shut down Trey Burton last week, despite the Bears' desire to heavily use him. You look at Rudolph's history against the Pack, and he's really only had three adequate fantasy days in 12 career games, and those are mostly only due to scoring a touchdown. He's very touchdown dependent. He also had three goose eggs against the Packers. He's only averaging three catches for 37 yards in 12 games. He was only targeted twice in week one. He's a real caution play for me here. Okay. It's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Let me have them. Dustin Hopkins for Washington. He's only 16% owned, in, in, according to my fantasy league. But this offense looks efficient, prone to red zone stalling nonetheless. Faces the Colts at in, in D.C. Makes him a nice pickup for one week. 
And then Jason Myers. I can't see the Jets, again, doing anything offensively like they did on Monday night, but he should put in a solid game at home. Miami Jets games usually have a fair amount of kicker scoring. Nobody's got him on a roster. You can pick him up and stream him. A couple of defenses I like this week. I like the Cowboys at home against the Giants. They put a lot of pressure on a very mobile quarterback last week and only allowed 16 points to Carolina. What will an immobile and older quarterback like Manning do? Plus, you've got to like the Cowboys at home under the lights the Jerry, in the Jerry Dome on Sunday night. They usually play well. I like the Redskins at home against, uh, against Indianapolis. They throttle the cards badly on the road. It's hard to see how their really good pass rush won't be a factor at home against a really weak indie offensive line. Okay. Before we go, we want to thank – I want to thank the, the subscriber that uh, t- told me that iTunes is not taking up our podcast anymore. Uh, we need to resubmit with the modified tags in order to get them to carry us, and we're going to be doing that here in the next week or two. So hopefully uh, in another week or two you'll be able to, to listen to us on iTunes. In the meantime, you can, of course, click on the player on our homepage, ffmastermind.com, or our NFL Quick Fits page and listen to us that way. We want to thank everyone for listening to us. Thank you for joining us, too. For Chris uh, Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week three of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.